know, there was, it was eight, nine miles and, you know, to the next place where I could safely come ashore. Um, and that was going to take me three, four hours or something. If you think of it as, Jesus, I've got three, four hours in this not very nice, you know, sea state of, of paddling. It, it's all a bit too much. Um, and, you, you know, and it can really sort of, you know, start getting you down. But I think if you just start breaking it, breaking it down into into small bite-sized chunks and you just start ticking them off and so it might just be right I'm going to be you know the next the next 10 minutes I'm going to like you know just get through to you know um 12 o'clock and then I'm just going to the next bit might be right I'm just going to like knock knock out this next mile or that headland just up there I just want to get to that next headland and and as you start ticking that off and then then once you get to that you sort of you know give yourself the next chunk to get to. What is up everyone? Uh, I'm Tom Ball and this is Second Mind, the show that empowers you to be the greatest version of yourself and better the world. To give you the fuel to master your potential, we showcase the amazing journeys, ideas and mindsets of inspiring people who live and think differently. Today, I will be chatting to Skip Graham, AKA Barefoot Skip, a man who professes he dislikes wearing shoes, but dislikes polluted beaches even more. After seeing the ever-increasing amounts of plastic washing up from the sea on beaches in the UK, Skip combined the spirit of adventure with his love for long distance races to make a positive impact on our plastic problem. He paddled a prone board a massive 1,000 kilometres around the southwest coast, unsupported to raise money for the Two Minute Beach Clean charity. The Two Minute Beach Clean are a charity that combats beach uh, plastic and litter waste. And he also attended beach cleans along the way. And this is just the most recent of his distance achievements. In recent years, Skip has broken records and completed epic challenges in aid of many dif- different charities. So, Skip, welcome to Second Mind. Thanks Mate, for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. No worries. Uh, so, I just wanted to start off by asking, why why long distance? What is it that, that draws you in about the long distance <sighs> challenges? I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm not, not suited to sprints. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is, actually, about long distance. It's just something I've found that I can do i guess um maybe it's my little my niche it's yeah and not many people do it so it's i guess it's it's interesting because you explore different aspects of yourself um Mm. yeah it's 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 a test of of the physical obviously but yeah very much of the of the mental as well um and you discover a lot about yourself what you're capable of um yeah lots of stuff like that really so um yeah and it's a big adventure so it's mm-hmm. is this something you've had a long history in did you like do these sort of disciplines through school did you no, like not at all or anything like no. that um i never really got into like you know proper competitive sport or anything like that sort of you know when i was younger um uh yeah it was sort of like literally the journey's been sort of maybe the last no more than 10 years i guess um i i think some of the first stuff was i i started i started uh gig rowing um cornish pilot gigs um 
and, and that was great. I love being on the water. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, dreaded, the dreaded Concept 2 Erg um, started, you know, that was sort of part of the training. And that's a rowing machine, right? The yeah, Concept 2. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. the benchmark of, of yeah, that's, that's the standard rowing machine so okay. that, that's used. Um, and so if you, if you want to race somebody, that's kind of the one that you use. And, um yeah, I started doing longer distances for some reason. I don't even know why, but I found that yeah, I could quite, I could sit there and just keep on, mm. keep on keeping on. Um, yeah, it kind of suited me. I was never very good at doing the the typical two k sort of sprints. You know, I'm not. I don't have the body weight really for it. I was sort of just over the the sort of seventy five kilo sort of mark. Um, that takes me from sort of lightweight to heavyweight and then you're competing with like the big you know six and a half foot guys that weigh you know lots more kilos than what I do so yeah um, but yeah but I could sort of you know maintain a, a reasonable average and yeah keep plodding on and, 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 and maintain a good focus I guess so mm. um, so that sort of led me to do uh, a guy that I was running with we did um, there was a big uh children in need charity event um that was being held in swanage lots of different stuff going on um which resulted in a combination of all these different sort of challenges going on raised sort of about ten thousand pounds which is great um so the bit that we did was we wanted to do a million meters um tandem on the rowing machine um so we did that and we broke the the record for that at the time which which was great smashed it um was a world record yeah, so that that was that was that was pretty good. Um, so pretty happy with that. And then from that, it led to doing. Um, I did a solo million meters, and again, that was there was a, a, a world record there. That I wanted to break for that, which uh, did for for my age group. Um, I think it's sort of like the second fastest solo million time. There's a guy in Oz that's got like he's he's just under five days. Um, his million meters and so maybe down the track i'd probably maybe want to go back and maybe revisit it to see if i could i could beat him but <laughs> but uh but yeah so there was that one and we did another tandem and yeah and then from there it's just it was always it gets a little bit addictive so you're like right what's mm. the next challenge what's the next one and it, and it always has to be bigger and better of course so yeah. um which kind of led me you know after doing different things i sort of did a a paddle for surface against sewage uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago now in a outrigger canoe, uh, Tahitian type thing. So it's like a seven point two meter long um, hull, and you've got what's known as an armor, uh, yeah, outrigger on on the left side, and you paddle it single bladed like a canoe. And I took that from Falmouth, um, paddled it unsupported back to Swanage about. 250 miles yeah um so yes yeah, so that was a good little journey and then that was kind of i guess maybe a little foundation to doing the prone this year um mm. that was a bit of an extension of that it's like right i want to do something a little bit longer um you know and the prone it's, you know it's it's a, it's a bit harder in in some respects in that you, you don't have a paddle you're just paddling with your hands and and obviously trying to like keep all of your gear you know on the board as well um mm. yeah but i guess i guess i should say that the, for those that aren't familiar with it the prone is uh prone paddleboard is, is yeah a bit different from the sup 
that most people are familiar with in that you're, you're, you're laid down in the prone position or kneeling um, and just paddling with your hands. You're not stood up. It's, uh, uh-huh. it's quite thin, so it's, it doesn't have the stability there like the SUP does. Um, but actually, with by the time I'd loaded all of my gear, sort of I had a, a bag, um, a sort of bow and then one on stern, but sort of raised all the centre of gravity. So pretty much for the whole whole duration I was just laid prone because the stability is sort of a little bit shot with the way I'd like loaded it up with all my kit so did you find that posed some physical issues because like that's quite a strange position to, for your body to be yeah, in like you know, if you are doing you know, like when, a when you're typically paddling prone it's nice to be able to switch between being prone and up on your knees you know it's, it's nice to switch it up you get to move around a little bit more and stuff like that so mm. so being sort of yeah stuck you know, in the prone position, sort of, it takes it out of that a little bit more. Um, so it does did add to it, and also you're sort of you don't get to see what's going on. Like you're, you're so <laughs> low to the water, um, and you've got this bag in front of you with your kit on it, and you know there's a you know a Z fold you know thermos mattress type thing stuck to it. So you you, you can't really see what's going on, and um, mm. so you're constantly like trying to look around and see where you're headed, make sure you're still tracking kind of in the right direction at the same time as, you know, taking on, you know, water, you know, spilling over the bow and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's lots a lot of, of things to think about. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, so the the route you took was around the southwest, sort of like mirrored or was parallel to the uh, the coast path, right? Yeah, so exactly. So you've got the, the southwest coast path, uh, which is a 630-mile path, which starts at Minehead in Somerset. It goes all the way around and finishes um, at the Pool Harbour entrance yeah. in Dorset. Um, uh, and actually, I did try and I did try to do the, the Southwest Coast Path a couple of years back. I tried to do it barefoot. I was like, right, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to like, you know, you know, try and try and do it as fast as the guys that are doing it, you know, with shoes. And I, again, I was unsupported, so I'm like carrying on my kit. And about four and a half days in, my feet just like blew up like this. It was just like just a constant pounding of, of hard ground so I sort of did about 140 miles and and they were just they were just hurting so like at night they were just throbbing all through the night and just mm. the size I was like oh, I'm gonna have to pull the plug and yeah and, and that's gutting to have to you know to not complete something to have to sort of go oh, I'm gonna have to you, you want to keep going on you know but yeah to have to make the call to to go, oh, you know, I'm not going to make it on this one. It's hard, but it's a good learning experience at the same time. So uh, I think it's, yeah, it's, there's value in that. So, it's, you know, you, you gain, you gain from it still. You just have to sort of reflect on it and go, okay, well, yeah, we, I didn't do it that time, but you mm. know, there's, there's always, there'll be another time and yeah, you just, you know, learn from that and you put it into the next one. So, but yeah, so Southwest Coast Path, um, I'm just, a, it's, such an amazing path. It's so diverse all the way along. It just it const it constantly changes, just um, and just magical. Um, and it's right here on our doorstep. You know, I I sort mm. of, I'm sort of Dorset based, and so I've got some of the path there. And it's some it's somewhere that I never got tired of sort of running. Each day is you know each day that path can be different. Um, yeah. Whether it's you just going through the seasons and the different weather and people that you meet and it could be lots of different stuff and it's just and it's all right here and it's one of those things that you know we have tons of adventure right here on our doorstep and places that 
you know, we, we miss out on unless we actually get out there and start exploring it. Mm. You know, it's right here in our backyard. Um, and that was one of the things about paddling it. Was, and when you see it from the sea as well, you know, this, like, you, like, the coast path is great and spectacular scenery, but some, I don't know, there's something magical about when you're seeing it from the water. New perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I paddle a lot around old Harry Rocks, Stubborn. Um, and again, just no matter how, like I, I paddle a lot and it never gets boring. Every day is different. Um, and I've, you know, walked and, and run across the top loads um, and it's spectacular. Um, but there's something about seeing it from the, from the water perspective as well. So, mm. you know, getting that, yeah, that different view of it is great. Backtracking a little to what you were saying about like the challenges where you, you didn't get to quite where you wanted to be, like with the 140 mile run instead of uh, the, the longer run barefoot. Yeah. What, what is the sort of cutoff point in your mind when you say, you know, because obviously you're pushing through suffering a long way before that, you know, things are hurting, you know, like problems yeah. with the muscles and the feet are hurting. What point do you say, okay, now this is becoming a real issue because it's hard to define that personally right it's it is really hard because you have to expect i think some suffering because if, you, if it was easy like everybody would do it you know i, I mm. think i find myself saying that a lot really um so things are going to get hard um and, and yeah i don't know it's a really it's a really tough one to call you, you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to um call the end of something for lots of different reasons i think um there's obviously going to be an aspect of pride in there. You know, I think it's hard not to, to, to have that. Um, you don't want to be letting people down, you know, if, especially if you're doing something where you're trying to um, get sponsorship. You know, like a lot of the stuff I've done, it's been trying to raise money for different charities and stuff like that. So, mm. um, yeah, you know, you, you don't want that. You know, that's, you know, like, oh, you know, you've got these people who donated money. You know, you want, you want to keep on going. You know, because they've invested in you, they believe in you and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you know there's going to be hard times, so you're like, right, well, this is just a hard time, you know, push through it. Because some, like quite often you can look back on something that you've done and like, well, actually, yeah, it was hard for a time, but, you know, that, that, that's a, maybe it was just a mindset at the time as well. You're like, well, actually, mm. in looking back on it yeah it was hard but maybe not quite as hard as i was maybe making out at the time just, you just have to like get it through your system so mm. like having had that experience you're like well yeah you just, i'll push i've got to push on through this because i'm sure when i look back at the end it'll be a little blip and it'll be fine you know sometimes it's just just around the corner you know the, you know the clouds part and the sun comes out and stuff like that and everything gets better and you find your second wind or third or fourth or whatever it might be for that thing um so you have to keep pushing on because you, there's that aspect you never know that you know whether it's everything's just going to get better just around the corner mm. but then you you have to get to the point where you're like actually no i have to be sensible you know either if there's a a, a, a danger to yourself or others or, or yeah. something like that you have to sort of be able to put your hand up and go not this time mm. and it's a hard I, I find it a hard one to call um there's lots of things telling you to to give up along the way so in a way it would, it's it's easy to give up in some respects for yeah. it's hard it's quite hard to sort of to explain it's um you know there's lots of things telling you that oh yeah you just you know just give up or do that you know it's hard you know you can mm -hmm. go home and 
get some rest, get in a nice comfy bed, you know, you're not going to have to like, you know, bivy out on those rocks tonight and all the rest of it. So there's, there's lots of things telling you, it'd be, you know, oh, it's fine to like, you know, done, you've done this, it's enough. There's always that, but at the same time, yeah, you don't want to quit. Um, it's amazing what the, the mind, it starts to kind of invent really good reasons why you shouldn't do things that might involve some pain or suffering along the Ab- way. Absolutely. It's crazy what it will yeah. do. Yeah, and this is where the mental aspect comes in, I think, on that. You know, the, mm. I think sometimes the, the body could just keep going if it wasn't for the fact that the mind is playing tricks on you or telling you to stop or whatever. <laughs> and that's where, that's where sometimes the battle is. Um, yeah, you're fighting with... You're fighting with the elements, but you're probably fighting with yourself as well. Um, mm. uh, and that would be true of, you know, the paddle when when things were getting rough out on the water and it was all a bit washing machine and, you know, you're, especially when you're like your head's like this far off off the water and you're looking at swell, but sort of, it seems like it's towering above you. It's probably not. It's probably only like two, three foot or something, but it's big enough that it's, you know, when it when it starts... When it starts pushing you about and you you don't have as much control on your direction and you're having to sort of brace to stop yourself being like pushed off the board and you like constantly getting like water like over the top of you and you know you take it on like you're drinking a lot of water as well which is never good when it's salt water but yeah um yeah, with all that, you know, you're you get the internal monologue going, and then you're you're fighting, you're fighting the ocean, which we're never going to win. But you know, you you know, I would find myself sort of venting at the ocean, and there would be there there would be some cursing going on. But that was me just trying to to deal with it. I guess that was how I dealt with it because there's no one around so it doesn't matter they can't hear you um yeah true <laughs> so, i think they'd understand if they could if they saw you out there yeah like. um yeah so you're just like yeah you're cursing at the wind and and the waves and, and stuff like that but essentially it's it's you battling you um mm. for a lot of it um but you but it's being able to just keep on moving forward um just you focusing know, on that next yeah next if you're paddle, walking it'll be just step. putting one step in front of the other um yeah. all the time that you're moving forward that's you know it's a good thing the moment you stop you know or you start going backwards that's bad so mm. if i could just keep paddling and if i was still even if i was going slow which you know happened there, there was you know my average speed wasn't great for it there was there was no i was setting no record pace sometimes <laughs> especially if the wind and tide and everything's against you and you know sometimes you're looking at the I'm looking at my watch and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm hitting like an average two mile an hour here, which, you know, is just mentally, it's a killer. Um, So if things are rough and you've got a five mile an hour average, you're like, well, yeah, it's rough, but you know, I'm making good progress. So Mm. it just changes everything. But when it's, when it's even half as rough, but tides against you, winds against you, whatever, and you're, you're only hitting like two miles an hour or something, you're like, yeah starts taking its toll so it's, it's trying to push past that push through it keep on going but obviously with the ocean you've got to give it the respect um you know and, and one of the things i set out to try and keep in mind was like not to push anything you know where there was too much risk where i put risk you know risk my life but also you know that of anybody that you know the any rescue services and stuff like that so mm. you know that was that was something that from the start it's like i've got no time frame for this i'm not there's no fastest known time that i'm looking to 
to beat on this. Um, I'm not really set up for that anyway. You know, I'm carrying on my own kit. I'm, you know, this that sort of stuff. So it's just like, you know, if it's if it's bad and it's and it's too risky, you know, I stay ashore that day. You know, yeah. and which I had to do quite, you know, quite a few times, which, which was which was very difficult. It's really difficult sitting ashore going. You know, when's it going to change? That that for me was a killer. Um, yeah, you know, I spent like two days imbued. You know, and they're all lovely places. And, but like when you sat there and, and really what you want to be doing is getting back out on the water and getting some miles in that day. Yeah, yeah. It sucks to be sort of, yeah. So I was there two days imbued, one day in Clovelly. Uh, Clovelly is a beautiful place as well. Again. Not the worst place to be stuck. <laughs> exactly. I, lo- I love Clovelly. Um but when you're stuck there, yeah, it's it's different. Um, mm. And again, like a couple of days in Osmonton Mills and uh, somewhere else where I was stuck as well. Yeah, and stuff like that, that's that's hard. Um, but sometimes you, you head out and everything's fine, but you turn a corner and everything changes. You're like, all of a sudden the wind's there that you've been sheltered from. You've been in the lee of it maybe for a little bit or it's just picked up or... The tide turns, you're like, oh, well, I thought I had the tides, you know, I thought that was meant to do this. And either I've messed it up or it's just funny water in that area or you've got like a big sort of like counter current, a bit of an eddy type thing going on or something like that. And so things can change really quickly Yeah. out there on the ocean. Um, and that, yeah, so it's something you have to be wary of and, and it's stuff that you have to, yeah, battle against. And, and, and because like the board that I had, um, you know, it was pretty good. It was... I, it took me a while to find there's not many prone boards you know in the UK especially sort of 14 foot which is the one that I had um, you know they're mostly sort of the shorter ones but um, for sort of like surf life saving style sort of competition stuff so you don't yeah. see many of the sort of uh, 12 foot 14 or, or longer you just don't really get them here so and and also it had to be light enough that I could carry it and all my stuff so but the trade-off for that was that it was like you're super fragile, um, so you have to treat it like glass, and it, so it really reduced where you could sort of land, basically. So a lot of my planning for the day ahead would be, right, what's this coastline like? Where's the next place that I can, you know, paddle into safely that's going to be, one, I don't cause injury to myself, or like end up with a broken board, which then sort of, you know, kills the whole sort of expedition, so... Um, and sometimes that can be, it might be a good two, three hours at least, you know, might be even longer till the next safe place where you can sort of come ashore to rest or get fine food and stuff. Mm. Um, one of the things with, you know, with the limited room that I had on the board and sort of the amount of weight that I could carry was I didn't have space for, you know, a camp stove and carrying coffee and food and, and all those sort of things. So I was, I was just, it was literally right. The next, you know, where's the next place that I can get breakfast or a coffee or something like that? And that was, that dictated sort of where, where I would sort of pull into next a lot of the time. Mm. Um, so my daily routine would typically be, because nothing seems to be open, especially in Cornwall here, um, nothing seems to be open sort of, you know, before 10, so you're waking up, you're on the water, you paddle for three hours before you're getting breakfast, and yeah, and that was quite interesting, actually, because it's like, you know, typically my normal day would be, I don't function without coffee and breakfast and stuff, but actually I found that it's you're quite quite capable of functioning and functioning quite well, and I could easily, you know, mm. reasonable conditions, I can 
punch out some decent miles for three hours and and wasn't hungry and yeah I think I, whilst obviously I've, I've lost a little bit of weight over the expedition there was I I'd never felt depleted on energy um I was, yeah I think your body taps into the reserves that you sort of have that you don't realize that you have mm. um and I, I think that's something I'd probably like to explore maybe a little bit more um and I know there's some sort of I think there's a few podcasts and other articles and stuff out there on on people that sort of yeah have explored this whole aspect of you know what is what are we actually capable of if you know we don't have our normal sort of regular you know feeding times and and that yeah. sort of stuff and I think we're capable of more than we think that that we are you know once mm. we're pushed to it or once we're in tune as well to knowing that we can do that yeah which is interesting I I remember hearing about I think it's Ross Edgerly who did the yes. Great British Swim did the whole way around the, the Great British Isles and he talked about the central governor theory I think that's the way to describe the way that your brain will put this sort of limiter on you your, your physical abilities because it wants to keep you safe which yeah. is a really valid thing to do like you need to stay safe but yeah. people have learned how they can kind of like start to push this barrier further and further out yeah and I guess it's it's doing it in such a, a safe way, like you're talking about the safety, like pushing through these limits. It's about doing it in, in such small increments that you're not going to go too far and then cause yourself massive injury. Because then that can destroy, you know, if, if that's your career, your career, or the whole, like, adventure and possibly future yeah. uh, missions too. So it's, it's a delicate balance, I yeah. guess. But, um, but no, there's... Yeah, I think, yeah, it's... Fi- finding our limits with lots of things is... Yeah, it's it's a great area to explore, and one we should all explore, and and we all can, I think, even if it's just like little mini adventures. It doesn't have to be, you know. I was out there for five and a bit weeks, I think, in total. But you know, there's there's loads of stuff that people can do just of a weekend or something like that, and just finding our own, you know, pushing our own little boundaries and finding what we're all capable of. I think we're, mm. we're all capable of much more than we give our credits credit give ourselves credit for. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. I've always had the experience when I've done like little adventures even if they're very small ones it's something so rich that my mind can soak up like it's not just the usual experience of like going into a job or a routine I think routines are a great thing um, but yeah just having something like novel and new for your mind to kind of like get to process is a really good thing and it gives you so many lessons and the whole kind of point of it is that unpredictable things like you were saying that come along like all these lessons that come forward and it's a really good opportunity for growth yeah it'd be great to see more people you know not everyone has to go a thousand kilometers to like get their own lessons and progression but it'd be great you know on you know the bank holiday weekend we just had like get people outside and yeah i think nature plays a big part of it part in it as well absolutely when usually these adventures are in nature you know in the sea or yeah um yeah i think the more that people can get out in nature though you know the better and there's you know there's tons of studies that you know show the benefits of it for, for all sorts of stuff um yeah it should be prescribed you know for, for lots of yeah. different things i think um yeah it's don't know if you know just get out there you know get outside that's get out there and do stuff you know it doesn't have to be you know a massive adventure but just 
get out there and immerse yourself in it and it's enriching like you say and then there's skills there that you learn that you can then apply to your job your life your family life I don't know there's, yeah. there's, there's lots to it I think mm. okay um, so you said it took about five and a half weeks yeah. to complete the paddle was that yeah. like I know you said you weren't doing it as a race but was it kind of on target in your mind about yeah you know, I kind of thought it was going to take anywhere between sort of four and six weeks mm. um, so yeah so it didn't overrun which I was, I was pleased about um, I guess you know towards the end you're like I don't know it, a little bit of me was like oh is it is it sort of dragging a little bit now but um, yeah it's you know, could I have done it a little bit quicker? Maybe a little bit. Um, but then, you know, like some of it was down to was was down to conditions. You know, mm. some of it I did take. You know, I took two days out. Um, there was cause normally I I paddle outrigger canoes, and um, there was an outrigger race and stuff going on at Carvis, and I just happened to be like passing that point at the same time. So I took like a whole weekend to to hang out with with the guys that I sort of normally paddle with and. Mm. and do that so you know that was you know but I there was because there was no timer on it and I didn't have to be at anywhere by a certain time you know I, I could afford to do that I guess but um yeah but it, it was I think it was good for me to like sort of have it sort of slow down a little bit because I'm normally of a nature where I'd be like right gotta get there and try and smash some miles so it was good to sort of say no that's all right you know we can just we can just settle on like 15 miles today. You know, that's that's kind of enough. You know, we've got food here. We've got amenities here. Yeah. You know, um, this is a good place to stop for the day. Sure, okay, there's, we could paddle for an extra couple of hours and that would, get, you know, or whatever. But, you know, this is good, you know. And there was, I didn't, yeah, I, I think I could have done it too quickly, maybe. Mm. Um, there was, I think there was a benefit in doing it in the time that I sort of did do it. And, and also there's, it did allow for some time to meet up with some really cool people along the way, which was which was actually one of the best parts about it. Actually, in hindsight, so for the beach cleans, yeah. So meeting people, meeting people, and doing either either little beach cleans or just meeting them and chatting with them, um, yeah. especially some of the people that I sort of kind of knew already through uh, the two minute beach clean family. Um, if you like, that's that's on Instagram and stuff like that, and so you're kind of part familiar, but yeah, you you, you don't generally meet these people in real life. Um, so that was really great being able to, to meet, catch up with people, and and yeah, and you, you learn and you grow from meeting all these different people, and you get their insights into stuff, and hmm. um, yeah, because they're sort of you know it's it's they're your tribe that you've sort of you know gravitated towards, I guess. Yeah, um, which is the you know, which is one of the cool things about, I really like Instagram for that aspect that, you know, you, you find your, your, your little tribes that you sort of associate with and, mm. um, and there's, and you learn, you can learn so much and be inspired so much because there's so many people out there doing amazing things. And, yeah. and I probably would never have come across a lot of these people had it not been for that platform. Um, mm. whether it's because they're part of the two minute beach game family or, whether it's just through whatever sort of other hashtag or, or whatever, but you just become sort of form these connects and, um, yeah, and it's, yeah, fantastic, I think. So. But no, like meeting the, the people I met along the way, like early on someone was, 
someone had asked me, oh, so what's like, you know, what's been the best part of your paddle so far? And I was like, oh, well, you know, it was, there's, you know, some of the, like, North Devon, North Cornwall, some of the sunsets, you know, I'm not used mm. to seeing the sun dropping into the sea, being, you know, where I am, sort of on the, the south there. I was like, you know, that's spectacular, and like, you know, this formation, and that headland, and that sort of stuff, you know, and some of like the, the barrel jellyfish blooms, and some of the crystal clear water, and, and all these different things, and they were, they were great, they were spectacular, and, but at that point, I thought they were the best things, but actually, as I went along, I realised that actually, meeting some of these people, um, that, that was some of the best parts of the paddle um, yeah. which surprised me because you know for me it was always about yeah like you know doing the big distance and you know paddling it and doing it you know relatively quickly or whatever you know that's that was my that was my tick of I, that, that was a successful expedition mm. and um, it was unsupported that, as well huh With, yeah. yeah yeah you took all your own gear and it's yeah. quite an independent mission yeah so being able to do that and being independent um, you know those sort of things were you know, they were my measures of success, if you like, for for the expedition. But mm. um, actually, the big value was is was in those people. Um, yeah, so I, I do need to remember that. Like, that's that's something I, I need to not forget because I think I could easily just slip back into kind of normal life and yeah. forget how much value is is in you know with those people that you meet along the way. Mm. Um, and like I said, there's there's some people that are doing phenomenal things i mean uh you know I was, I was really lucky i got to meet people like martin dory uh founder of two minute beach clean and, and, and dolly and, and 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 loads of other people along the way and just stuff that they like put in of their own time and um and and what they've achieved and the the, the massive positive impact that they have on on people all around the world mm. um yeah it's, it's it's huge so it's yeah, they're, they're so inspiring so it's great to meet them and, and just yeah they just continue to inspire me to to want to do more really so it's kind of like now thinking ahead okay what's 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 the next thing <laughs> <laughs> so which yeah we'll see there's, 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 there's things in the pipeline hopefully so we'll see and uh, the two minute beach clean you mentioned a moment ago how come you decided to fundraise for the two minutes beach clean beach clean for this this uh mission of yours um i don't know i guess it's like i've, I've really gravitated towards them as my sort of like i like constantly say you know the two minute beach clean family you know because it feels like such a family network of, of people they're all so supportive and um yeah i don't know it's i find it hard to sort of articulate articulate but um, I guess you have to sort of, you know, be a little bit involved to maybe fully understand it, but mm. probably not. It's maybe it's very obvious from the outside still, but, um, but like I say, you've got all these so many individuals dotted all across the country and the world, who sort of will use the two minute beach clean hashtag, and they're out there doing. Well, we said like obviously it's two minute beach clean, but a lot of them are doing you know much longer than two minutes. But um, so the great work that they're doing with either keeping their little patch clean or they're doing things like um, you've got like people like Kitty who does like um, she weaves you know like ghost rope and stuff like that, and 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 they all have their individual little things that they do, um, and they're all inspiring 
you know, huge amounts of people to go out there and either go and do a two-minute beach clean or to try and reduce their single-use plastics or, I don't know, like, just spread the word, all these different things, um, you know, which which we really need to be doing. Now, you know, this uh, our dependency on single-use is, you know, we've really got to move away from that. Um, and, and, you know, if we can get people out there sort of, you know, helping doing a two minute beach clean or you know there's another feed by beach you know this could be whether it's their park or their you know their suburban street or something like that you know it's just going to make our world a little a little bit better but you know it has so many knock-on effects um yeah because picking up what's on the beach you know doesn't solve the problem of it getting there in the first place but what i think it does is it gets people thinking about you know, how does this get here? You know, and mm. one, I guess, is people leaving stuff. Um, but two, it's like, you know, there's, there's stuff that washes up. Okay, where does that come from? Um, and, you know, it's getting people thinking that, well, if it's, if it's in a street, you know, it gets blown into a drain, goes in a drainage river, goes out into the sea, you know, and what is it? What are they picking up? A lot of it's, you know, related to... This, like, like I say, single use. So it's you know whether it's plastic bottles, caps, remnants of bottles, uh, you know a whole bunch of stuff. You know you start seeing patterns in what you're picking up. Um, I always find a lot of uh, fishing related stuff. You know I think the the stat is over fifty percent of of, uh, of you know the plastics and stuff that's in the ocean is fishing related. Whether that's things like coils, wow. ghost net, rope, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that might just be like um, so butte where I was this morning. Um, I went for a, took my a prone board for a, a bit of a, a surf. It was dreadful. I was rubbish. But um, but coming back and it looks really clean. But then you you look a little bit closer and um, on the Thailand is like little bits of either it's small monofilament or it's small bits of rope and it's you know I've, I've seen enough of it now to sort of recognize the yeah. type and where it's come from and, and you're like yeah you know this is all this is all sort of fishing related which I think is something we kind of need to address um mm. but you know as individuals we can you know there's, there's no need to why, why buy bottles of water it doesn't make any sense you know it's um you know, it's it's expensive way of drinking water. You know, we need to get into habits, and it's easy to do. You know, we can make little changes. You know, I'm not saying people should go out there and just like you know overnight change everything that they're doing. You know, that's yeah, it's not really realistic. But just start with you know, if you're going to go for a coffee, just spend five minutes and enjoy it and have it in. If it's that kind of place where you just sit down and. You know, enjoy a cup of coffee. Don't have it on the run. Um, mm. If you must have it on the run and it's something you do regularly, then you know, just get into the habit of taking a, you know, taking a cup with you. Most places offer a discount, so mm. so that's good. Um, There's also an element of like you were saying before, some of the days when you were getting in onto the paddleboard and you had to skip breakfast, didn't have your coffee. Yeah, maybe it was a, a little bit of a pain at the start, but then you realise actually. I'm I'm a really powerful person. Doesn't necessarily need yeah. like every comfort that I want in my life, and I can get by really well without it and do something extraordinary. Yeah, I think yeah. Not everyone has to quit their coffee, obviously, but it's just an interesting, I guess, insight from your your experience. Yeah, well. and you know, there's times now if I've like where I won't have a coffee sometimes if I'm like oh, I don't have my keep cup on me. They don't have an option for 
you know, for either having it in a real cup or whatever. It's like, well, okay, mm. well, skip it. I don't really need it. I like, you know, don't get me wrong, I like coffee. Yeah. Um, I'm maybe a little bit too dependent on coffee. And it's <laughs> probably something I could cut down on or probably should do. But, you know, that's, uh, that's, but yeah, you just like, sometimes you're like, well, you know, do I really need it? Maybe not. Um, mm. But you just get into, you just form habits. And, you know, I think you just, if you start, you just start with one, one thing, you know, just start, right, just start carrying a reusable bottle with you maybe, or you just start with your coffee cup and then you'll find that, okay, that becomes embedded and it's not really a big deal anymore. Mm. You know, my keep cup, it's gone all around the world with me, you know, I've definitely got my money out of it. It's, um, you know, it's been on any of the paddles and different stuff that I've done. It's, yeah, you know, there's no reason if I can take it with me for, you know, on a, on a paddle, then I'm sure someone can on there, you know, commute to work or something like that. Um, but, you know, we, if we can start making these little changes, I guess what we should be getting to is, you know, just start out with some little changes and then just, you know, build on that. Um, mm. Yeah, and you find it's not really that hard in the end. And it's, I guess it's kind of similar to the, the paddle as well. Some, some things might be, be difficult, but you just need to take it one step at a time and start with yeah. something small, like literally, you know, the next five meters and for some that could be yeah just having that that uh exchanging their like bottled water for having a reusable bottle and just one thing and then working on the next thing yeah. and the next thing and, can yeah, seem it, like... and it becomes embedded as a habit and then it's not a big deal anymore because it's just something that you do yeah um, yeah so you know we, we adjust that's you know you know it's one of the human traits isn't it really like it, a lot of us maybe don't like change or breaking old habits or whatever, but actually we're very good at adjusting if we, if we want to or need to. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's no reason why we can do that. And there's the two-minute two minute beach clean is a really cool concept, I think, because people hopefully will be seeing things that they can, as well as the fishing nets and stuff, maybe products that they've used yeah. in the past. And it's almost like a witnessing of this big circle of how the environment works and you know it doesn't just like when it goes off in the rubbish bag it doesn't yeah. just magically There's disappear no with a wizard no. it's it's going to end up somewhere and uh, now we're experiencing that a lot of it's ending up in the sea so hopefully yeah. that can really change behaviors and mm. saying oh that's a coke bottle like the one i used just yeah. the other day maybe an eye-opening mo- moment for some people yeah 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 absolutely and and you know like um Kids, they're really responsive to it. I mean, they love it. They love getting involved in, in a two-minute beach clean. You know, I guess, like, because each... I assume you're familiar with it, but, like, so mm. there's the A-boards, which there's 785 or something now across sort of, like, the whole of the UK, which is amazing, and that's growing all the time. Um, and so they will have, like, litter pickers and bags and stuff like that. And so yeah, the kids love getting out there with little pickers and you know they're kind of there are hope for the future i guess in a way and you know they'll probably like teach the adults a thing or two um and you know no equipment then so you just go along it obviously doesn't cost anything you just take the equipment so yeah you just on the board you, you, you um like typically if i if i'm doing a beach clean for myself i just you know grab stuff and you know collect it but um but yes yeah, but you got the, the grabbers there and, and the bags and yes, it's you know it's such a it's such an easy concept because it's like you know everybody has you know everybody can spare really like two minutes, mm. you know 
that's all it takes. If everybody was doing that, it just changes the whole mentality of, of everything so, and makes it a better place. We have these beautiful spots that people go to because they're beautiful, pristine areas of, of coast or the hills or whatever it might be. You know, mm. you wouldn't go there if it was like full of trash, but you know, um, for some people, they sort of they go there because it's beautiful and then like get up and leave all their trash behind. Yeah, you know that's that's one aspect of it. I'm not saying that's everything that you pick up, but yeah, it's addressing those that sort of want to leave their trash behind. Um, but yeah, but the other aspect is that which is washing up from the ocean, and we only see a fraction. So it's like it's, what is it like less than one percent? I think actually washes up on the beaches. The so tip of the iceberg. There, there's a scary amount that's out there. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's there's stuff that washes up which dates back thirty, forty or more years. You know, people are constantly finding like I don't know old crisp packets or whatever from yeah, decades ago. Mm. Um, it's interesting to see those packets. It's kind of cool to see the packets come it's back. It's cool to see cause at like, the same oh, time. Like, it's it's like horrifying because you're like, yeah. wow, and they they're almost like not even degraded to a large extent, which yeah. shows just how persistent that will be in the environment. Yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, and and you know our our. Our usage of, of single-use plastics um, has, has only got more and more each year. So, you know, if, we, if we're seeing stuff come up now from 30 years ago when really it wasn't, like, as big a thing, like, we weren't, there weren't as many people, you know, buying plastic bottles of water or, you know, having an ice cream tub with a plastic spoon in it or, or whatever it might be... Um, you know, whereas now it's so much prevalent. So imagine in like 30 years' time how much stuff would be coming up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, Who do you think needs to move first? Do you think it's the it's, the consumers or the producers? Because there, there's be, a lot of companies making these. There's, yeah, you things. know, there, there's... Everyone... You get like lots of people say, oh, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's it's the producer's fault. And obviously, yeah, it is. Um, but, you know, we have, I think we have to be... We have to take action ourselves, um, because that'll drive change anyway. With with our with our habits, our spending habits, and what we choose to buy, what we choose not to buy, and stuff like that. Um, that's going to be a driver. Um, yeah, companies absolutely need to take more responsibility on mm. on what they're producing. Um, and you know, I guess you know the government needs to to get you know take some responsibility as well. Um, it needs to come. Yeah, from, from everywhere. I think it's too easy to say, well, it's not really me, it's them, and they need to do it, because it just goes around and nothing really happens. Mm. Um, um, yeah, it's not ideal. You know, I hate it when I go to the supermarket, and especially because you know, where I am in Purbeck, there isn't really a, a big supermarket near me unless I go and drive over to pool or something. Um, and you don't get the choices. You're like, oh, it's all wrapped in plastic, you know, and... It's, sometimes you can't escape it, but where you do have a choice, you know, you know that's that's where you need to. Be. And sometimes you have to make a hard decision. And go well, actually, no, I'm not going to buy it this time, or yeah, or yeah. find other places where you can get it from. And it's not always easy. It's not always doable. Um, and there's loads of stuff I want to change with with my own habits. You know, mm. it's it's all a journey. Um, you know, we're all constantly growing, learning, changing, and stuff like that. Um, and there's loads of things that I want to change with, yeah, with my day to day sort of life. I've got I've got a lot of improvements that 
that I want to make. Um, and it's constantly looking for ways that I can sort of start and keep on making those small changes, which mm. you know, I, I'm, I'm on. I, I like to think I'm on on the track of making changes, but I know that there's much more that I need to do. Um, you know, I live in a van, um, have done for kind of two and a half years. Um, that came about because I think I've read the Marie Kondo book or I'm sure that was a big part of it. And I was like, right, I'm going to minimize everything and, and that sort of stuff. And I was looking at where I was living and I was in a big one bedroom flat on my own. There's a whole, there was like a whole room I didn't even use. Just, I had full of junk and stuff like that. So I started like getting rid of stuff and that sort of thing. And it just led me on this track to, to living in a van. Um, but being in a van now not having you know a kitchen and, and and a fridge a proper fridge and all that sort of stuff does mean that some of my food choices now are you know there is more plastic involved and, and you know it's mm. and, and i do dislike that aspect of, of where i am and, and so that's one of the one of the things that i i want to be looking at in my life and and changing um but at least i'm kind of thinking well you know if I, at least I've, you know i I've reduced that aspect of my life, you know, the whole living in a big place and heating it and and, and all that mm. sort of stuff. But, you know, there's always something more, I think, that we can all do. I know that there is that I can do, so I'm sure there is for other people as well. It's an interesting balance of there, there is always more we can do, but also not being too hard on ourselves at yeah. the same time. We, we don't want to then sort of shut people down from taking action, but no. it can if you just look at it as one big issue seem insurmountable like we, we could never do something about this yeah, yeah and and we'll just get really down about it yeah um, yeah it just becomes too big for us um yeah little bite-sized chunks you know it's one thing at a time um, but we can all make a difference and i think that's one thing that mm. um that we all need to remember um and some people are just like you know well, what what difference is it you know if, if, if i do this that or the other um you know i'm not going to make a difference well you know it's, you see the thing banded around, you know, social media a lot. You know, um, one straw won't, won't make a difference. Said seven billion people type thing, and you know, mm. and you, you apply that to anything. You know, we, we can make a difference. That's what we need to remember. As consumers, yeah. we definitely can make a difference if we change our spending habits. You know, the companies that we that we give money to, what we buy, how we buy it, and stuff like that. We we definitely can. Um, you know, that's yeah. I guess it's important as well to acknowledge we need a, 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 trans, a transfer of our mindset to see ourselves more as part of nature and, and then future decisions, sort of basing those around the fact that we are sort of all, the planet is, is one system yeah. and, you know, we've only got one home, even though it seems like, you know, I, I live in Devon, you live in Dorset, but yeah. actually when you talk about plastics, when you talk about climate change, like these issues eventually will affect everyone and, and everything absolutely when it gets to a certain extent so yeah it's yeah. it's really i hope the future will contain uh, a place where people will more easily have the mindset of just okay we are human beings but we share this this yeah. earth with, with everyone yeah this else. like this whole thing of yeah we are we all live on the same planet you know forget borders and countries and and, and nationalities and stuff like that and, and mm. what we do does affect more than our our little you know our little sphere you know yeah. does you know and, and because uh, people need to sort of remember that just because they don't see if they go to a beach down the road and it's lovely and clean um 
doesn't mean to say that there's not a problem. Um, mm. You know, it's because the beach around the corner or hundred miles away or across the sea somewhere else, and you know, you know what we do might have a knock-on effect to to somewhere else around the world, which does come back to bite us. It's you know, it's all yeah circular really. Um, you know, I guess now you're looking, you know, it's all just come out of the wash that, you know, we've been sending all of our, you know, plastic and stuff to whether it's Malaysia or whatever. Now that's, you know, now it's sort of been put a stop to. So we're going to be dealing with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely think you're absolutely right. We need to be thinking that, you know, as we're, we're all together in this. Yeah. Um, and, and, and all of our actions, you know, have an impact somewhere, even if we don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully this systemic change will come soon. But yeah, you're right. It's it got to be a marriage of, of all members of the community and business and individuals who are yeah. shopping in the supermarket and yeah, every every stage of um, how we how we function really. So yeah, it, one step at a time, but we can slowly just transform everything. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we have to, yeah, we have to keep that in our minds because otherwise, like I say, you can get bogged down in there's so many things going on in the world at the moment um, yeah. um and sometimes you're like oh it's just all too much and you know i can't make a difference but no i think we mm. can you know and even if it's just talking about things or you know just being mindful of you know maybe what we share on facebook and stuff like that but yeah, yeah i don't think we realize how we either affect or inspire other people. Those people are either around us, whether in, in whether they're in our family or you know in, in our sort of social network groups and, and, and stuff like that. And, mm. and occasionally you get someone and go, oh yeah, I, you know, I, I saw what you did with that, and I went and did a two minute beach clean with my daughter and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, it's amazing. And you kind of think, yeah. and I know it's like, well, it probably wasn't just because they saw my post on Insta or something, it was probably lots of different things. And, um, you know, they've probably seen other things as well. Um, so I don't think of it as like this, like ego boost stuff, but we have to be, I guess, mindful of, yeah, what we're putting out there, mm. you know, will maybe inspire people, you know, for, you know, to do good or, or, or bad, you know, I guess. So, um, if we can be a, po- a positive influence on people, um, yeah, and be mindful of the fact that, yeah, whilst we might not see it directly, you know, that we might plant that little seed which puts them onto a path to, mm. you know, to really get on board with whether it's, you know, reducing their single-use plastics or, I don't know, all sorts of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, uh, like, what you can do is, is so small, but... I think we underestimate the kind of ripple effect of how it can it can contribute to somebody else's life because yeah. maybe we have these sort of thresholds for taking action as human beings and they get built up slowly by like, oh, okay, I saw that news story about climate change the other day and then, oh, there was this thing uh, that I saw on Instagram about plastics and then it kind of like builds up. Maybe you, know, you can be someone that uh, isn't maybe the sole purpose that they went uh, the whole sole reason sorry that they went to the two minute beach clean but yeah. one of those might one of those reasons tip them over the edge I yeah guess, you yeah know? might just like get that penny to, to sort of drop and fall into place and mm. um yeah so you know we, we can all be yeah we can all affect you know in a positive way so i think it's, it's something to be definitely mindful of mm. um so yeah coming back to the the, the paddle yeah um 
was were there any particular tips you used to sort of manage your like mental state and thought process as you were going going round? Was it were there any new learnings from the two minute paddle, um, that that you managed to sort of acquire and then implement? Um, I guess I sort of sort of I, I guess things I've done in the past when it's been I think especially stuff where if you're sat on a on a rowing machine for you know like five days doing a solo million meters you you, you quick for me the way to get through that was to break everything down into sort of manageable chunks small goals if yeah. you like um and it's sort of a tactic that I've sort of employed for for different things now, and for me that's that works, and like and so that was what I sort of employed for the paddle. I think you know yeah. if, if I knew I had, I don't know, there was it was eight nine miles and you know to the next place where I could safely come ashore, um, and that was going to take me three four hours or something. If you think of it as, Jesus, I got three four hours in this not very nice you know sea state of, of paddling it, it's all a bit too much um and you you know and it can really sort of you know start getting you down but i think if you just start breaking it breaking it down into into small bite-sized chunks and you just start ticking them off and so it might just be right i'm going to be you know the next the next 10 minutes so i'm going to like you know just get through to you know um 12 o'clock and then i'm just going to the next bit might be right. I'm just going to like knock knock out this next mile or that headland just up there. I just want to get to that next headland, and, and as you start ticking that off, and then you mm. and then, then once you get to that, you sort of you know you give yourself the next chunk to get to. Um, and by breaking it down, I've always found that you know it really helps you to sort of get through because if you just look at it as this like big big mountain to climb. Um, yeah, it's just it all. It can become a little bit too much. Um, mm. It's like Jesus, it's, you know, it's, I can't keep, I can't, I can't keep paddling for, you know, three hours, you know, straight without, you know, I've not had breakfast or a coffee or or anything, and it's you know a bit cold and, you know, and I've got the headwind and you know, the, it's breaking over the, over the bow and it's like splash me in the face constantly and you know i'm getting it in the eye and i can't see because i've got like constant salt water in this eye and you know and it's it's the the, the wetsuits rubbing here and um i don't know the toggle on the neoprene bottoms is like digging into my belly and you know it's rubbing on my foot and i've got a blister there and, and all these different things it'll just start you know, just just start chipping away at you, and it just makes the mm. whole experience worse than what it potentially maybe already is. So, if you can just start, if for me focusing on like a small, like small sections, and if and if that's too much, break it down into a smaller section again, um, and it kind of comes into that sort of thing of just like just one foot in front of the other, or just as in this case, it was just you know one arm in front of the other, for, you know, just. Just do another couple of meters, another couple of meters, you know, yeah. right, just right, another five minutes, you know, another, another 500 meters, maybe. Yeah, you know, then you just make it manageable, uh, manageable little chunks. And then, then before you know it, like, oh, you know, I've kind of got through that now. That's mm. to the right. I'm, I'm nearly there. You know, I've got rid of, like, I'm, I'm past the halfway mark. It's mm. always good when you're like, right, you know, I've got it's three, three hours of paddling, straight paddling. 
you know, I've done two hours. You're like, right, I've only got an hour. And you just got to think of it as, you know, it's not, oh, damn, I've got like, there's a whole hour of paddling. I've already been paddling for like hours. I'm knackered. I'm getting wet and cold. Mm. It's like, no, I've only got an hour. I've done two hours. I've only got an hour left now. So, yeah. you know, so I can do that. I can, I can, you know, can push on for another hour. Let's just break it down. Like, let's just knock out this next 10 minutes. Mm. Let's just, you know, let's knock out the next, you know, there's that, you know, I just want to get round that headland there. And once I got round there, it's a homeward straight and I've only got like another two miles to go or something. So, you know, just playing, like your mind plays tricks on you. And for me, it was playing tricks on my mind. Tricking my Taking mind. Taking advantage of those tricks trick, and tr playing Tricking my back. mind into thinking that it's not as bad, you know, it's, yeah. it's only this, you know. Mm. Um, that, that's kind of how I attack it. Yeah. Um, that's how I deal with it. I guess everybody's different, but for me, that works. It kind of seems to make sense, you know, if you can just break things down into mm. small bits. Yeah, I think it's a good method of almost like hijacking that small little dopamine hit you might get from meeting a goal. Like if you uh, are yeah. a setting, you know, like just that headland, then you get around yeah. it and it's almost like that relief. Mm. And for for a second, you kind of get that release of... You know, you're not worrying about the chafing that's happening in your wetsuit or anything. Yep. But then, yeah, okay, you get got to get back and do those like hard paddling, hard paddles again. But yep. then you can just set the next goal on the next goal. So I think that's yep. a really good technique to use when you're taking on, yeah. on an adventure. Mini, that size. mini victories. Yeah, yeah, just taking on that positive mindset. Yeah. I I also I saw a TED talk a while ago about um like mindful running. Okay. And I think it maybe could be applied to other endurance things. And right. um, hey, there was a, a guy who was saying that. Uh, his technique was to sort of go into the the feeling okay. um, because his his theory was that kind of thinking makes it bad if you see yeah. what I mean so if the chafing's happening mm -hmm. it's not the uh, not the, the feeling it's me thinking it's a negative feeling feeling so if you can just sort of like just focus on the the feeling itself yeah um, he, he said it made a lot of difference to him um, when he was running he would just focus on the soles of his feet yeah um and then if you know something started hurting he would f he would focus on that it would almost distract him from the fact that it was negative yeah it was just like i'm I'm in the feeling yeah i think um, you've got to remember to enjoy it that's and I, and I and i forget about that quite a lot I, I have to yeah remind myself quite a lot um I'm, yeah i definitely fall victim to to that sort of like it's like no enjoy it why are we doing this again um and yeah if you can sort of yeah, shift your focus. Although something like rubbing, you do kind of have to address it as well. There's a. It depends on what it is, like because yeah. otherwise you, you know, I, I I didn't want to do the paddle and end up, you know, looking like like Ross Edgeley's neck when he was doing the swim and yeah, that and, was a bad one and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, sometimes you have to know when to sort of you know if you can you know stop which is always a tough one for me. It's like, oh no, I'll just keep paddling. It's all right. I'll just, you know, I'll keep going. But it's like, well, actually you could make it worse. And sometimes it's knowing when to just stop for a second, you know, chuck some stuff on it to like, you know, to ease the rubbing mm. because in the long run, that's going to make, you know, it's going to make it much better. Um, yeah. You know, but like quite often you sort of keep pushing. Oh, it's all right. I'll just, but then, you know, you, if it, if it rubs too bad, you then really affect maybe the next day and all the rest of it. So it's, mm on what it is it's knowing when to sort of either stop sort things out a little bit and then keep going or whether just to push through and maybe it's something that will just pass and sometimes yeah rubs do like it rubs for a little bit and then it does pass but um, yeah but yeah so you talked about 
sometimes forgetting to just enjoy the present moment on the yeah. paddle. Did you get the chance to sort of just take a, a second and enjoy like you see much wildlife around? Uh, you mentioned jellyfish and it, did you sort of have time to soak that in as well? And yeah, um, I think because of laying prone on the board and having you know one of my bags right in front of me, you you don't get to see that much, which kind of detracts a little bit from being able to like experience the awe of it all. Mm. Um, but yeah, there definitely were some good bits. Um, like I said, I, I you know it's something I, I always have to remind myself to like make sure I enjoy it because I sort of get into a bit of a zone of like paddling, paddling. Um, sometimes that's quite necessary though. You know? Yeah, sometimes yeah. it is absolutely. And sometimes you just have to put your head down and just keep on forging through but yeah. to remember to enjoy it when you know when the conditions are favorable then you know that's you know you can still paddle and enjoy it at the same time mm. um wildlife yeah there's some cool stuff no dolphins everyone's like oh have you seen dolphins and this sort of <laughs> stuff and and occasionally i like get like hear some news snippets or something like that and there's like I don't know whether it's basking sharks spotted here or dolphins here and all the rest. And I'm like, oh, that's only just around the corner from me. And it's like, so, but I saw none of that. Um, annoying me. Uh, some seals. Um, typically, I give them a bit of a white berth because you know I, you, you never know how they might react to you know some guy paddling along and you know I don't know what you know from underneath from the water if they see this long sleep board with you know arms paddling on you know they're like mm, what is that is it something we like you know give it a nudge or a bite or something i, I didn't know I'm yeah. sure. i think they they're inquisitive but i never knew to what sort of degree that they might get it either inquisitive or territorial or something so typically i'd give them a bit of a wide berth um but yeah i saw a few seals um but yeah uh but nothing like jellyfish i guess was sort of my big one they were like um they're like the blooms of the barrels and it was about that time i think there was a story came out about one as you know one and a half meters long as big as a guy type thing there's a photo of a diver and, and this barrel jellyfish that was sort of going around well, i've been seeing these big ones and they just they're just so graceful and otherworldly um and they're just like it's kind of ghost-like as they like move through the water they were, they were spectacular when you sort of like you see the Sometimes you just see the odd one, but then there was times where you just they're they're kind of like everywhere. You take a stroke, there's another one, and there's another one there, and mm. um, it was always a bit of a shock though. Um, again, because I can't always see what's going on. You know, I've got the bag in front of me, my vantage point of looking down into the water. You can't always see what's around, so you're just paddling, and like you and and you touch. A jellyfish and we've got no, don't even know what type of jellyfish because it's just you haven't even seen it coming um and the amount of times i almost like threw myself off the board like reacted to it okay after a while you sort of i didn't quite i didn't overreact quite as much as i did at the start but like when you when you touch this jelly-like thing in the water when you weren't expecting it like as you've like gone into like paddle you're like wow what is that <laughs> um felt like a right idiot but you know it's um but yeah they were quite cool didn't get any bad stings which was good there was a couple of little mild tingly bits um you know because there's like some uh you'd see like a few compass jellyfish um they're quite dangerous i don't think they're dangerous but i think they got a sting to them yeah i never like i never like purposely touched one i saw a few and like 
occasionally when I was like got a little bit of a sting, I was like, oh, might have been a compass. I don't know. I'd seen a few earlier on, so maybe that was one of them. Mm. Um, and there was a few other ones that I don't really know the names of, but they were quite cool. Right. Um, but yeah, but just like rock formations, like just spectacular. Um, mm. Like some of the, some of the water super clear in places and yeah some of the beaches or little coves like i love little coves that like that are out of the way and kind of inaccessible to to you know the normal sort of people and they're just like these little oasis in amongst everything it's like oh great and i just wish i could have spent maybe more time on some of those bits it'd be cool to like you know typically i didn't camp up on those because typically i'd be looking for you know somewhere to come ashore and camp up where there's going to be you know food and coffee and you know amenities and beer and stuff like that yeah so, all the important fuel <laughs> absolutely um yeah but no it's, it's pretty cool there's also i think you know even if you didn't get to see everything in all the detail maybe you would have liked there's still an energy that you absorb when you're out in these places you know like uh, you are still in that environment and, and present there even though you were focusing on you know getting one hand in front of the other and paddling it's yeah. just yeah there's, there's a relaxation that comes with that i think just being you know, even if you just close your eyes and you're sitting in a sitting under a tree on your own or something like, yeah you know, there's something really nice there like, just yeah there is like i recommend thoroughly to anybody to you know just get out and spend some time on the water and, and you know i think like sups are you know obviously a massive popular type thing now and you know mm. the blow up ones have, have come a long way and you know so anybody can sort of like chuck one of those in the boot of the car and, and stuff like that and it's it's a really good tool for getting people out on the water and yeah and that sort of stuff and yeah there's there's for me there's definitely something about being either in on by the water and yeah i kind of recommend it to anybody to try and immerse themselves in that and um, there's a therapy there for sure. I think. I think mm. even when it's bad, there's something good about it. You know, yeah. That, the water. Um, yeah. Obviously, you don't need to do it safely. I, I, you know, I see these people on the inflatable unicorns and stuff like that, <laughs> um, which just, you know, I just the mind boggles. It's blowing offshore, and you got these kids in inflatables. And actually, I see it. I saw it a lot. Uh, mostly in Cornwall, a lot of the beaches were like no inflatables, and I think that kind of needs to, I don't want to like ruin people's fun, but they're just, you know, it's a, it's an accident waiting to happen, I think, for, for a lot of things, but, mm. you know, as much as I want to see people get out and enjoy the water, um, yeah, do it safely. Play safer, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. You know, it can be, you know, you can't, you know, the sea will always win. Um, you've got to treat it with respect. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of fun to be had out there. Mm. Um, some great experiences. But you've got to be, you've got to treat it safe at the same time. Um, it's a humbling thing to sort of witness the power of like all oh, of these different environments. People don't, sea, I don't, mountains. Think, don't think people realise like, yeah, the power behind it. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I, was, I, I did try to focus a bit on my safety. Like I said, I, you know, I wouldn't go out if I thought it was going to be, you know, too dangerous. Um, I had a spot tracker, so it meant that one, it's got an SOS button, so if, if things went really bad, you know, that would sort of call the emergency services, plus it sort of had the tracking, so one, they could locate me, two, um, even if I 
would say not unconscious or something like that you know hopefully someone would see that my tracking thing had peeled off and was heading out to sea and mm. maybe someone would raise an alarm from that you know I carried a VHF and a flare and and you like you know when I was sort of planning everything I was like oh my goodness like look at all this extra weight and bulk and stuff and all this stuff but but actually you know it's it's necessary and I think we have to take take that a little bit seriously you know um and be safe mm. um but yeah but enjoy it obviously as well but for sure yeah. so on the the subject of the more adventures do you think you've got anything in the works coming up soon yeah there's i'm sort of floating around a couple of ideas um it, they, it's kind of addictive mm. um so there's you, you get a I, I find there's always a little bit of a lull afterwards so you yeah. do you do so you do something like this paddle or some of the things I've done before and you're like oh that was great and then it's like it's a, it can be almost like a bit anticlimactic um, and you get a little bit of a lull and so you kind of find yourself like going right well I need to do something else now mm. um, although sometimes I already have that's already like running around inside my head before I've even finished what I'm doing so um, <laughs> like yeah sort of you know, maintaining focus is always a strong point, I guess, but uh, for me. But yeah, so there's a couple of ideas. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what it, de- what it develops into. Um, although I might just take myself off and do one immediate one immediate thing I was thinking of doing was maybe going off and doing a southwest coast path, and, but just doing a bit of a, a walkabout, really, just hitting it and not yeah. going for a, a, like a, a fast time, but just taking me and yeah just go for a, a bit of a wander along the path and do that but for next year yeah oh, looking at a few things that hopefully could be bigger and better but yeah. uh but yeah until i sort of get a few more bits into place then yeah it's sort of under wraps a little bit but i'm sure we'll come up with something interesting <laughs> <laughs> all the ideas spinning around in there absolutely um uh, who uh, kind of have you looked to as different inspirations? Because uh, I guess there's like kind of the endurance side of what you've done and the environmental stuff. Are there specific people who have really like given uh, you something? I guess there's lots, and and they I guess they're inspiring for for different reasons. So you've got you know there's there's people out there doing some amazing endurance stuff. Um, people like your, your cow majors and stuff like that so she did like the, the Land's End John O'Groats stuff obviously we men- mentioned Ross Edgley and his um, GB Swim and, yeah. and stuff like that so yeah so anybody who's doing long distance stuff is, is sort of automatically a, an inspiration for me mm. um, uh, we were talking about Tony Riddle earlier before we sort of mm. uh, started the camera rolling and you know he's he's about to set off doing um Lands End John O'Groats barefoot, um, so that's one I'll be I'll be looking at yeah. as you know someone who, yeah, fellow barefooter as yeah, uh, a little bit envious of, of that one. Um, so that that'll be interesting. Yes, yeah, so anybody doing yeah, especially if it's if they've got either, as if they've got an environmental angle to it, sort of even more so, or yeah, in in respects to doing the barefoot run, you know that's obviously something that yeah it's in, in endurance and it's barefoot which you know i'm a big big advocate of um yeah you know don't get me started on you know shoes and and why we should be wearing <laughs> shoes and stuff um 
So, yeah, people like that. Um, but then, obviously, there's lots of different other inspirations in in day-to-day life. Like I was saying before, like some of the people in the, in the two-minute beach clean community, you know, the stuff that they're doing, mm. uh, you know, their voluntary work or their, you know, the way that they inspire others to, to go out there and do good things. You know, they're, they're all, they all inspire me to want to go and, do something more with my life that's going to hopefully maybe inspire other people to do more mm. with their life I think um, yeah yeah so what I what I do is you know with, you know the next challenge that I'm looking f- towards for you know for, for maybe next spring summer you know that's I guess essentially being inspired by you know those, those people that I sort of what I see or I live you know, I've started um, funny that we're doing a podcast now because I've just started trying to listen more to podcasts and I found found that very inspirational you know mm. um, I highly recommend it to, to anybody there's this you know and it's, you can access it you know whether it's on YouTube or Spotify and there's so much out there and you know there's so much inspirational stuff um, mm. so yeah like there's inspiration everywhere I think we if we just we might not notice it, so you either start looking for it or you just start, you know, aligning yourself with, you know, a cool tribe of people that are out there doing good stuff. And there's lots of people doing good stuff and it's what keeps me going and want and keeps me wanting to do more or, and, and better things that hopefully will maybe just make this world a slightly better place than maybe what it was yesterday, hopefully. So, mm. um, you know, if I can do that, then, you know, it's... And, you know, be happy. Well, then you know if the other seven billion people also do the same thing. We're going to live in a better place. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and hopefully it's contagious. I'd like to think it's a bit contagious. I think it is. You know, it's you know, it's you know, they say as you know, like a smile is is infectious. And you know, well, why shouldn't you know, good actions? I'm sure are as well. Mm. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Plan. Absolutely. Um, so if, if you were a magical dictator and you had the ability for these 7 billion people across the world to make them do one thing every day, what, what do you think you'd pick? It could be something like an environmental habit or it could be a, a, a mindset thing or a practice or anything. Um, I, Good question. I don't know. Where, where do you even start with that? Uh, <laughs> I guess if you had that power, so each day, so if they could go out and just, I think if they could just improve themselves a little bit each and every day, by improve themselves, they will improve their family and then their community and then their town and city and country and then the world. You know, I think mm. it comes back to the thing. I think we can all make a difference. Absolutely. Like we, we need to remember that we do have that power that, you know, like what we do and, you know, our habits, whether it's, you know, you know, the, whether it's we get involved in a, in a local charity and assist, you know, homeless people or we get up there and, you know, help an old lady across the road. It doesn't matter what it could be. It could be something really small, something really big, you know, our day-to-day choices of, of what we eat, uh you know the the message that we that we the things that we share on social media all that sort of stuff it, it can it all 
it all has an impact somewhere i think and mm. so yeah so if we were to if each per, if you're a dictator like right you all have to like you know do one thing each day that's going to improve you as an individual yeah you know times up by seven billion people we've got a better world in one day imagine what it'd be like in a, in a year's time or 10 yeah. years time and you know I guess that's where the hope is you know that you know we, we can there's a lot of things that need changing in the world um, you know we could start getting bogged down into some of the, the really depressive stuff that's kind of going on out there and you know I guess the big one at the moment is like the Amazon and stuff like that mm. um, and yeah you know let's pay attention to what's going on there and you know start making changes we can all we can all have a positive impact I think yeah, and if people are making changes to themselves and then they feel positive about that, it's it's going to just going to flow to everybody oh, that, else. That, right? Imagine, imagine and it, and that just, energy. Yeah, yeah, the collective energy that that produces, even yeah. if it's just a small thing, is is really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like like yeah, and I guess energy is one thing that we don't. Yeah, I guess we. You know, I was sort of mentioning actions or whatever, but actually, no, energy is is a, is a big one. It's not even something that you that someone maybe sees, but it's something that we feel. Mm. Yeah, you know, someone walking down the street, you know, smiling, being happy, you know, it's, it's, it's putting out a good energy that someone's going to pick up on, might just change their day, you never know, you know. Yeah. You know, if it's reverse and they're someone walking down the street, you know, in a bad temper, kicking a can, you know, mm. it's not going to, like, make someone, another person passing by happy, is it? So, yes. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, I'm, I say these things, but you know, I can be just as guilty of, you know, you know, walking down the street and maybe a bad mood or whatever. So I need to remember these things absolutely, you know, yeah. just as much as I think anybody else should. So there was uh, someone who um, suggested as as a one positive thing they they did was just to every time they went to a shop yeah. or someone with a service person, they would just say like, "How's your day going?" Yeah, like a real just genuine like, "Hey, what's up?" and then you know, engage in whatever transaction or whatever had to happen because it's so easy to treat people as just like a function of society, but actually, you know, just to recognise them as a person, that was yeah. the like positive thing. Yeah, you know, and it's that whole thing of, uh, it's a bit, sounds a bit cliche, but it's, you know, you don't know what battles other people are, are fighting, whether it's that day or in their life or whatever. You don't, you know, mm. we, we forget that we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they've, you know, they might have had a... a, a a really bad diagnosis from the doctor that morning or maybe their marriage has fallen apart at home or, or anything like that so you don't know what they're going through and, and that but a little bit a little something like that you know a little bit of hold the door open and smile for them or ask them how their day is going or something it might just like make the world a difference to them um to say it about the like that ripple effect yeah before um yeah that's it's important stuff okay what uh what scares skip <laughs> in the world uh, well my, my next adventure is one thing that scares <laughs> me um, yeah what does scare me? I don't know um, yeah I, well, obviously we're saying about sort of what's next and I, I, one of the things I, I put out a bit of an idea a, a bit of an idea on, on my social media about uh, it's a, it's called the Bliss Canoe Trail, and it's eight hundred and sixty-two miles, something like that. Um, it's it's the biggest sort of circular route that you can do on the canals and rivers in the UK. 
Um, it was set up, I think it was William Bliss back in the 1930s or something like that. And it's only been done uh, in one hit by sort of like two like two times. So once was, I think, uh, 1993 or something, uh, two guys in a canoe did it. And then 2017, three guys in a two-man canoe did it. So they did it on a rotation basis. Um, and because I've been like thinking, right, what do I do next? I was thinking, right, well, I could do that. Do it now, like maybe like, you know, September. Um, 862 miles. It's got a lot of portages. Um, I'd be unsupported. So I'd be, you know, in a single canoe carrying all my stuff. It's, it's going to be like... It'll be a big thing. It's not really the best time of year to be doing it. It's something I'd obviously much prefer to be doing in, you know, somewhere when there's longer daylight hours. It means more paddling and there's mm. all these unknowns and I've got, you know, like limited planning time between sort of like now and, you know, like we're a couple of days off start of September, which is when I'll be sort of looking to start. Don't want to leave it too late because we start getting closer to, you know, autumn, winter. Um, there's all these things and that, you know, I have to admit that, that it was a scary prospect and it's probably held me back a little bit in a way. Um, but then, I don't know, it's all right. It's good to be scared about stuff, I think. Unless mm. you know you're alive. And, <laughs> um, but then it's like, right, okay, well, okay, can I overcome this? Yeah, I think, I think mm. so. Um, as it is, I don't think I'm going to do it for, like, in September for different reasons. But I was like, I had to sort of like check myself as to like, oh, am I, am I scared about this? I'm, it scares me. Okay, well, fine. Um, you know, like I said, I think it's okay to admit that these things, some things can be a bit scary. Mm. Um, That's all part of the battle, isn't it? So yeah, maybe you know, feeling overwhelmed and then actually yeah. having that internal am conversation. I, am, I, am I biting off more than I can chew type thing? Yeah. You know, there was, there was a point before I started the, the paddle. I was like, oof, you know, like the reality was setting in that I was, not far from start, and I was like, oh, am I being an idiot? Like, am I being just a little bit too, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to be on like a 14-foot piece of foam covered in a thin layer of carbon carrying all my stuff, and I'm going to be out there on my own in all sorts of, like, ocean conditions. Like, is it just a little bit too stupid an idea to be doing? So, hmm. um, but, yeah, I think that's all right. It's probably healthy to do sort of have certain things that maybe pop up and go oh, this is a bit scary but then it's like well okay well it's like let's, let's push on through it it's like you know let's tackle it let's do it mm. um you know i've given up my job uh, i gave up my job just for um to start the paddle essentially it's a scary unknown on the so, other side so so now that's a scary unknown um so I've got, I guess I've got a few things like that in my life at the moment now. So it's like, in one way, it's, it's good, it's free, but I know I need to sort of, yeah, now look at what I'm going to do. Like, for me, hopefully what I want to do is is do something that sort of, you know, aligns a little bit more with, you know, I guess where my values are at and, and you know, that hopefully makes a good positive impact on the world and stuff like that. I guess that's what I'm going to be looking at doing. But it's scary because what if I don't find that and what if I'm, you know, mm. you know, I, at some point I need to have money coming in. Um, we all do. Um, but I think it's a good experience for me to go through personally and that I'll grow from and and it'll be good because it'll adjust the way I, I spend 
um, which is probably good for me. Um, you know, we're in this very consumer-driven society, and 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 one of the things I've been trying to work on personally is you know not buying stuff all the time. Um, you know, going back to this sort of trying to minimize things in my life, and you know, live with less and appreciate what I have and and all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, so it's hopefully this period I'll I'll I'll, I'll be learning stuff. But it will be scary at the same time because it's like, well, you know, money will run out quickly. So, yeah, uh, yeah that, that's scary. Like, well, what if I don't find a job and this, that, and the other? So, always progressing. I'm sure you'll you'll manage that. You know, it's one step at a time, isn't it? Again, yeah. you know, you'll manage it when it comes along when it's in front of you. I think. There's yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like in some respects, I'm not that worried. You know, I think it's you've got to be positive about it and yeah, just. Um, a, a friend of mine has sort of opened me up to the idea of, of sort of, you know, sort of asking the universe a little bit more for things. You know, it sounds a little bit sort of hippie, new agey, maybe in a way, but you know, I think there's definitely something in it of sort of, you know, like just putting it out there to the universe or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but setting out that 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 intention, I guess. Um, mm. And yeah, if you if put it out there to the world, to the universe, and you know. I think there's more chance of it sort of coming back and hmm. things happening for the right reason. You know. Yeah, I think it comes back to that energy. Like, maybe it's not something you can easily put into words, but I think energy does impact a, a lot of what happens in the world. Any for me, anyway. I know that's that's wrong, true for me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think the sort of thoughts that you put out and what you feel like you deserve. Yeah. Um. That that mostly like comes comes true you know, maybe it's obvious to some people or not to others but uh, yeah it'd be interesting to see how it plays out for you yeah that will be interesting <laughs> <laughs> um before we uh, get on to the last question yeah. where where can people like follow you find you online maybe and um, to keep up with future adventures and stuff you've got going um on? yeah i mostly i'm on insta is where i kind of put up most of the stuff so i'm okay. uh, barefoot underscore skip um so you'll find me there um, or you can put in the hashtag uh two minute paddle um because that was the hashtag i was using through the paddle so that'll bring up some of my posts so mm. should be able to find me there on insta um people can still donate to the paddle as well uh yeah i've just funnily today i just um transferred over 15 the 1500 pounds that i raised for the from the paddle to two minute beach clean so mm. that's going to help them with uh continuing on with the the amazing work that they do um but the gofundme's still open so yeah so if you know if, if people want to uh, donate that'd be fantastic all the money will go to uh two minute two minute beach clean um they can also make uh, donations direct on the two minute beach clean uh website there's there is a donate button i'm sure on their website somewhere there anyway so they could always just don't go direct which is fine mm. um yeah or watch the space for probably the next one where I'll probably be asking people for for donations. Um, but yeah, but generally I'm on Insta. Um, I am on, I've got my personal page on Facebook, which is Skip Graham. Happy to like have people yeah, connect on there if they want. Um, there's, uh, if you go to barefootskip.com, there is a website as well. So um, they can email me through that. So if they, if they do want to get in contact for anything i'm open if someone if someone wants to be 
going out and doing their own adventure and they need advice by all means like get in touch um mm. if i can help in any way more than happy to help um love to see people get out there and and have their own adventure whether it's just a you know a, a little overnight bivy somewhere or a week or a year you know you see people doing stuff that goes on for you know that last years i mean that's that's i mean that's amazing stuff you know five weeks five weeks is kind of nothing in comparison to what some people are doing so mm. um yeah but yeah but if anybody wants to get in touch by all means you know i'm always happy to help if i can fantastic um so yeah for the last question if you had a, a phone call to the 18 year old skip what advice do you think you'd, you'd give to him Wow, 18-year-old Skip was so different to who I am now. Um, there would be a lot of advice to give him. <laughs> All right, you got, you got two minutes on the phone, so we're capping it. Jesus, two minutes. Um, get your work-life balance sorted, I think. Um, yeah, you know, just, we're, we're on this earth for a short amount of time. Um, so... Yeah, get out there, enjoy life. Um, get outside, get involved with things. Um, give back as well. Get involved with stuff where you, you're doing stuff, you get nothing in return. It's just about helping others. Um, mm. I think there's, there's so much fulfillment in, in anything that you can do where, where you can assist somebody else, um, which I guess is gaining something. That's, that's a weird one but but you know what I mean like it's I think yeah I think giving back giving giving to either other people or, or just to the planet in general which is where I think sort of getting out there and doing something like a two minute beach clean or or something that where you don't necessarily get something back it's about giving um what else yeah just uh live with less less is more um you don't need so much stuff stop sp- Stop spending lots of money on stuff that you don't need. I've done a lot of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of advice I could give 18-year-old Skip. Um, but, you know, I'm happy with where I am now. Like, everything, it's, it's been a journey, and I've, I think I've changed a lot, hopefully for the better. Mm. Um, and I know I've got a lot of changing to do still. Um, and my journey is, is still in its infancy, I think. this. Yeah, yeah this, the path is, yeah is out there and I'm kind of looking forward to it all so and yeah I guess my advice to other people would be to sort of yeah get up there and, and get on their own journey find mm. out what it is that's going to like make them happy and fulfill them and, and make the world a better place and, and all that sort of jazz yeah fantastic well, it would be lovely to have you back for another conversation at the next stage in your journey yeah uh, after ha- the next adventure. happy to come back thank you very much for having me um yeah I, I I hadn't heard of your podcast and then yeah when you got in contact and yeah I had a little listen and it's cool and yeah it's hopefully yeah whether it's this this episode or, or some of the other episodes that you've done hopefully it like yeah gives brings about positive change in, in people's lives and stuff so it's, yeah it's yeah. really cool a lot of time for what you're doing thanks oh, thank you thank you uh, yeah it's kind of that that principle of what we we're talking about before where you know even if it's only seen by, you know, like 30 people or 40 people, like you can impact that one person and, yeah. and, the, and then they make a change. And I think you know, that's a really worthy thing to spend your time on. And uh, yeah. Well, yeah, like you, you might impact that just one person, but that person might go on to do 
who knows what else? You know, it's yeah, yeah. You know, where the world was like seven degrees of separation, and now actually our degrees of separation are like what one or two or something crazy, isn't it? So mm. you'd never know who's going to pick up on 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 that one podcast that you do or something like that, and just yeah. might change their life exponentially, and then have this massive impact. You know, maybe they go on to you know design. I don't know, amazing battery storage for solar panels that then like, you know, takes us away from fossil fuel driven world that we live in or, or it could be anything. Mm. You know what I mean? They might become the next, you know, president of the United States because they need one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, all sorts of stuff. Uh, not that we can talk in this country. But yeah, so you never know who it might impact and the, the massive difference that, that might make to yeah, the world around us. Mm. Very true words. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the conversation. Skip, thanks so much for ca- coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're a true legend, and uh, I wish you all the best for your future adventures and like all the new changes you, you're making in your life. It's really inspirational for me, and I'm sure for everyone who's listening today as well. Um, everyone, please do get on Skip's Instagram go on the GoFundMe, put some money in there, or if that's uh, then closed, please go on the Two Minute Beach Clean website where you can donate as well. It's a really uh, worthwhile cause. And also get out there and do your own Two Minute Beach Absolutely. Clean. Um, yeah. yeah, I highly recommend it. And you don't even have to be, like I say, you don't have to be at a beach. Um, two Minute yeah. Street Clean, isn't there? It's, well, yeah, 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 so they have, uh, there's Two Minute Little Pig, Two Minute Street Clean. And, and so, yeah, so you'll see a lot of the A-boards now, you know, popping up in, yeah, in, towns and villages and, and stuff like that it's like i say like almost 800 boards now and it's growing all the time um yeah and it makes such a big difference and like i said it just leads on to lots of other stuff and i think people get a lot out of it which is great to see yeah it's never been easier to make a, a good impact in that issue so no. yeah for sure get absolutely nice one well uh yeah if if uh, you as the audience have enjoyed the show today uh, do like and subscribe to Second Mind. It really helps the, the podcast and keeps the positive mo- uh, movement going. Um, and yeah, this is me and Skip signing off. Thank you all for listening. Peace and love to everybody. Pleasure.